0: Major League Baseball's owners and players broke off their Friday meeting in Jupiter, Florida, shorter than expected, less eventful than some had hoped for, in parentheses, not me. And there really isn't much to say on that front. But you know what? I'm going to come at this from a different front. I'm going to put forth to you what I'm calling The $100 million challenge to Bob Nutting. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. When the Pirates were in the playoffs, which might seem like it was forever ago, but it really wasn't from 2013 to 2015. Their payroll was just a hair over a hundred million, topping out at 109. That was the franchise record, actually. for all the inaccurate venting about how the pirates didn't spend enough to keep those teams competitive, that actually wasn't the problem between 2015 and 2016. Been over that a million times. Some horrendous decisions were made in the offseason, none of which had anything to do with money. They actually did spend at an unprecedented level. Neil Huntington inherited a team that had, kind of like the current one, a $50 million payroll. They eventually doubled it. This group, under Ben Charrington and Travis Williams, is right around that figure, 50, a little bit less. And if they were to double it, that would make quite the impact, one would think, on this roster. And certainly on the roster the year after, when there will be even more capable youngsters still making the Major League minimum. Easier to fill the holes, know what I mean? So, flipping back to the lockout, as I've made clear countless times on this program... My sole focus is on getting the Pirates into a range where they can contend, compete at least, with other teams. The salary cap system, or anything resembling a salary cap system, mandates that because there's a salary floor. The one floor that the owners proposed way back at the beginning, last August, was $100 million. Since these negotiations do not appear to have any trace of that concept coming back into play, it seems reasonable to expect that if a deal gets done between now and the owner's self-imposed deadline of this coming Monday to avoid losing regular season games, then this whole floor concept will be just gone forever and the pirates and other teams that don't spend what they can will be permitted to continue to do so the players being okay with that is borderline insane but that's what happens when your union is the tail that's being wagged by an agent who only represents the upper crust of players So, what to do about this? What's the option? What's the fallout? Just more hopelessness, more deflation? Well, here's one idea. How about by 2023, the owner of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club commits to having a payroll that's at least $100 million? North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Since the last time the Pirates broke the $100 million barrier, and I guess you could call it a barrier since they'd never been through it before, Major League Baseball's national revenues, shared revenues, not just the money that comes down from wealthier teams, but just in general, the TV contracts, the internet rights, have ballooned. There's more of them now than ever before. Plenty enough to negate the loss in attendance and loss in stadium revenue, which doesn't even compare when it's maxed out. That's how much of this national money is coming in. That tells me, in a powerful way, that the Pirates can eminently afford having a $100 million payroll right now, right now, never mind 2023. The only reason that I wouldn't expect them to have a payroll jump like that now is because it's, it's close to impossible. You'd have to get silly or you'd have to go and sign Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes with all kinds of upfront money and you're just making a uh, a message for the sake of making a message. I'd rather see, from the pure baseball standpoint, Charrington have a chance to assemble his roster with the prospects that he wants. Most of them anyway, not all of them. But like the Quinn Priester types that we spoke about earlier this week, Priester is on a trajectory where he could be in Pittsburgh, arguably should be in Pittsburgh by 2023. Some of those Greensboro pitchers from this past season will be in the mix at least, will be pushing others. And you should have, I believe this, a competitive roster in 2023, even with no payroll jump. But that wouldn't be, and it shouldn't be, enough when you know that they can and have spent $200 million. However it is that this labor negotiation Turns out, nothing will stop Bob Nutting, Travis Williams, and everyone associated with the Pittsburgh Baseball Club from spending $100 million or more in the 2023 season. Not one thing. And for the record, I believe that you're going to see a significant move in payroll based on everything that I've heard from people that I do trust by that time. But $100 million seems like the kind of thing not only that you can say out loud, but that you should say out loud. It's okay to do that. And I hear the the counter to this is, well. If we tell everybody in the public that we've got this much money and we're going to spend it, then the agents, blah, 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 and you lose your negotiating power. That's just bull it just is. Teams hike payrolls all the time and make it known that they're going to hike payrolls before they go talk to agents. Why? So that they can be players for their players, so that they can be in on the talks. There's nothing off-putting or set-backing, which is not even a word, about Announcing that you're going to have a payroll increase. Do it now. Well, not now. Do it after these woe begotten labor negotiations are done and the owners completely capitulate and everyone in Pittsburgh is feeling like it's the end of baseball for all eternity. Because you know what? It is going to kind of feel like that. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for J1Q, and today's comes from Mike Anestas, who asks, does the organization, meaning the Pirates organization, presumably not answer questions on the lockout, or are folks not asking? I assume the former. Well, you assume correctly, Mike, but it's even more locked down when it comes to the lockout than most people might realize. The Pirates and all 30 teams are under the strictest of orders to maintain complete silence when it comes to anything related not only to the lockout itself, but to any of the specific players, meaning players who are theoretically in their employ. This was an over-the-top Example that I lived out about, I think this was about six, seven weeks ago, when I was invited, as were a handful of other reporters, to a lunch in the Pirates' actual clubhouse at PNC Park, which I hadn't seen, by the way, in like two years, if you can believe that. Looked really different, too, with Derek Shelton. And it had been made clear politely. Strongly enough that he couldn't even say a player's name. And he couldn't even really respond to when a player's name was mentioned. That's how crazy this got. Uh, I had, I don't remember how the subject came up, but, oh, yeah, I said something to Shelton about how uh, I didn't recall if he'd been the manager at PNC Park for a full house and he Reminded correctly that he hadn't. The Pirates haven't had a sellout in some years. And then, of course, the pandemic made that impossible for a long stretch. And I just made a remark back that, well, when you do manage a game in front of a sellout at PNC Park, it's going to feel a lot like that night that Jacob Stallings hit the Grand Slam last season. And the crowd was just so into that game. Uh, Not just the ending but the whole game and the the drama and the passion for a team that was five zillion miles out of contending for anything. And he just looked at me and said something along the lines of DK. And I go, Oh yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So that was the end of that subject, but they, they're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, This is actually a very common practice when it comes to lockouts and work stoppages. When the NHL shut down in 2004, that was the one lockout, and this is the reason that I reference it all the time, that I covered on a day-to-day basis as a reporter digging for information. The owners were told that if you speak about this at all publicly, it doesn't matter if it's to a reporter, if it's at a luncheon, if it's you know at your neighborhood bar, and enough people hear it and someone records it, the fine that the commissioner, Gary Bettman, would levy would be a million dollars. And he ended up issuing one of those to the owner of the Los Angeles Kings. Million bucks. Million bucks. Uh, You're speaking a language that even the most filthy rich of owners will understand. So don't presume By the pirates' silence, that they're somehow disinterested or running from the issue or hiding from people like me. And heaven knows, don't presume that people like me aren't trying to find things out. Now, at the same time, don't presume either that the pirates are super active in this or anything else because we just don't know. We just don't know. But the reason, the primary reason that we don't know is that they can't talk. And I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because it's popped uh, onto my social media timelines more often than not lately. And it's a good chance to clear that up. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will do another one Monday.